Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Massive show in store for you here tonight. Is the LSU defense, in fact, back? We're back. I'm going to tell you why. And watching more film and seeing the guys a couple of times, Hearing some stuff around the LSU program. I think LSU defense is back, baby. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Some key pieces I think that we have not touched on yet. Matt House and some of the things that they're working on schematically and defensively. So we might. Break a little news here tonight. Um, in reference to maybe what they're going to do with some key players and some packages that they may have this upcoming season. Also, LSU versus USC 2024. It has been 21 long years of waiting for redemption so that LSU could seek their revenge on the USC Trojans trying to claim a fake national title like they did in 2003, even though they would have to vacate it for paying Reggie Bush. But we're going to revenge. We're going to get our revenge on USC in Las Vegas in 2024. I will be there. Admittedly. I don't know how to put this. I will be in Vegas. <laughs> no questions about it. No doubt about it. AYS will be in Vegas. It'll be going down. Also, the guy who has broken some news today uh, about some LSU scheduling and a guy that was out there at practice, Wilson Alexander from The Advocate, joins us here tonight at 730. We'll bring on our buddy Wilson Alexander, the man with the best hair 
and all of the LSU beat to give us a better understanding. What does 2024, what does that more look like? Uh, is USC and UCLA going to be on that 2024 schedule as well? Are they going to push that back? We will touch on that with him and so many other things uh, as well. Around your SEC, some big news coming out. And around the SEC, Arkansas, Missouri, and others, we will touch on that uh, as well. The Saints pick up three massive free agents. We'll talk about that after Wilson Alexander joins us. And in case you're just joining us and you haven't seen the news, not only did they pick up defensive tackle Kylan Saunders, and also Nathan Shepard. They also just picked up running back Jamal Williams out of free agency. So a lot to get into here tonight. Looking forward to it. It's going to be absolutely uh, amazing here tonight. And then we'll talk some NFL free agency. Am I the only person in the chat, by the way, that likes Aaron Rodgers? I think I'm the only person in this chat right now that likes Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh, joy. Joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Hey! So we'll talk about it. I, I like Aaron Rodgers, man. I just do. I just do. I, 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 I don't know. All right. And we'll get to a couple comments as well. So let's do that right now. American Patriot, our buddy, says Caleb will be slinging balls for the Cardinals. Are we talking about Caleb Williams? Um, at least we don't – I mean, both teams in 2024 will be going through quarterback changes, obviously. Garrett Nussmeyer hopefully will be the one at LSU. And then let's see what USC does. Uh, Andrew Paul Sub Martin says USC, UCLA, and South Alabama looks like the consensus for 2024. Rice got pushed back to 2029. I want to ask Wilson out. I want to ask Wilson that because Paul Sub that would give them ten Power Five opponents because the SEC. I mean, guys, if you, I mean, come on, they're going to a nine-game conference schedule. I, I hear a little rumblings that they may push that UCLA game back some. We'll see on that. Now, I, 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 Wilson has the story. He's talked about the story. So I'll give him that platform and that um, that opportunity to talk on that. Paul Sub Martin also says on YouTube, need Bruce Buffer to MC that game. That would be so legendary. That'd be so legendary. Kind of like, remember when The Rock did that thing for the Super Bowl? It was kind of corny, though, when he did it. Kind of corny. Brumfield, Jason Brumfield says it would be Caleb versus Park. No, Caleb Williams will more than likely be gone because he'll be entering the draft. Roger Dugas says, what you hearing on the defense? We'll talk about that first, my man. We'll talk about that first. Uh, and he says, we are live. That is true. Rob Boudreaux says, good evening, AYS family. What's going on, Rob? Uh, Stephen Fry says, Mickey La, uh, Magoo, Lou Magoo, Mickey Lou Magoo. Making them dogs move. Wasting no time. Yeah, you got Jamal Williams, man. That's absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. And Danny Krantz says LFG, Blake. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our Cartilla Briggs says Georgia recruiting violations. So, look, let me let me just state this before I, I touch on this. So, uh, guys, we are moving AYS into uh, uh, bigger platforms and doing bigger things. Um, so, are we going to talk about LSU a lot on this show and the Saints yes 
We're going to be talking more Saints, but we're also going to be having a lot more segments about the SEC. So um, we're going to probably spend half the show, if not more, talking LSU. Because tonight we'll talk 45 minutes at minimum um, about LSU. But then we'll expand it. We'll talk some more Saints and SEC. We're going to expand our horizons a bit some. But she, he or she, Cartilla, I mean, with the nails, I, I just assume that it, it's a female, uh, says Georgia recruiting violations. It looks like they might have a little something there going on in Georgia. Um, we'll see, though. We'll see. It's not, it's not necessarily looking great for Georgia. Not necessarily looking great for old Georgia. So they might have a little something, something going on over there. Might have a little something, something. Uh, Kenny Futch says, don't count out Colin Hurley in Sin City. Um, Kenny, barring injury, I don't think Colin Hurley will start his first ever college football game. I, I just don't see it. Not especially if Garrett Nussmeyer is your starting quarterback. I, I, and healthy. I can't, I, I just can't see it. Adam B says, same, would have liked to see A.A. Ron and Nola. Yeah, I, I don't get it, guys. Like, I I, I mean, um, I, I just, I don't get it, right? Like, I, I don't, um, I like him as a dude, man. I, I like Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really do like uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, I just don't. Maybe I'm the only person on planet Earth that does, but I feel like that sometimes. But his sh his stuff today with Pat McAfee, I absolutely enjoyed. I, I mean, I thought it was amazing. Guys, he's one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen play the game. So, you know, you can make fun of him for doing ayahuasca. You can make for him make fun of him for, because of his family issues. I like I get all that. Okay, like I I'm not I'm not dumb. I'm not naive. I'm not. You know how he can go through life and not talk to his family that I don't know. Um, but we don't, we also don't know what's happened. You know, like you, you got once, you know, one side of the story. Yeah. We got the bot. At least I think we got the bot. I hope we got the bot. I'm trying to get him out of here. <laughs> no bots in here tonight, baby. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Uh, Brandon Reese says, with SEC moving to a non-conference schedule, I wouldn't be surprised if we, most if not all SEC teams, choose to stop playing big-time non-conference games. We'll see. He says, especially if a 12-team playoff coming. I, Brandon, I don't necessarily agree with that um, because, like, you still see, like, Ohio State doing it. Like, Ohio State played Oregon a couple seasons ago and got mollywopped. Um Great teams and great programs aren't scared to go on the road and play somebody. And especially if you do home-and-homes, like some of these ADs are going to do it just to make the revenue. You know, like L Texas owes LSU a home game without being unsolicited to do so, but they're going to be in the conference now, so it doesn't really matter. So we'll see. Jacob Williams says, no one knows his family. Yeah, you do. His brother's on ESPN. His brother's on the SEC Network. His brother calls your games. <laughs> and has spoken openly about it. Yeah, you do. And his mom's come out and talked about it. Pierce Lee says, being a great quarterback 
and an unlikable person is not mutually exclusive to one another. Is he a horrible person, though? Like, what has he done that's horrible? Like, I mean, we, we say stuff like that. Like, what has Aaron Rodgers done? Like, what has Aaron Rodgers done that's made him a horrible person? He's not a more horrible person than Brett Favre is. Stealing money. Oh, let me be quick. Let me be careful with that. Let me be careful with that. I don't want to be sued. By the way, if he wants to sue me, Brett, I don't have any money. <laughs> sue my wife. She's got all my money. Uh, Ryan on YouTube says UCLA and Death Valley will bring in major revenue. Maybe, maybe, but USC will. You know, like, I mean, having these games will definitely bring in revenue. Will definitely bring in revenue. All right, last one before we get rolling. Pierce Lee says, for what it's worth, I don't care another, or I don't care another particular way about the guy, or any particular way about the guy is what I think he means, um, outside of him playing in the NFC. <laughs> Right, I I, I, I I got you. I lied. Chance Babin's got one. He says, I started liking Aaron Rodgers since he started being on uh, Pat McAfee's show uh, the last few years. Yeah, I, I, I like him, man. I, I mean, so what? He does a little shrooms and is a hippie. Just because he's a hippie doesn't mean I can't, you know. I, Joe Rogan's a hippie. Do you hate him? Willie Nelson's a hippie. Do you hate him? Hell, some people would say that I mean, what do you call Little Wayne? Just because he raps about having the gats and the glocks and the shots and, you know, straight out of Pyru and all that kind of stuff. Dude, he's a skateboarder with dreads who smokes weed. <laughs> what you talking about, homie? I know Rob Boudreaux's done some, some eventful stuff. He says everyone should try some mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, man. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. All right. Let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor, though, by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media pages. Uh, if you're on Facebook, so many of you listen to us live on Facebook. Do us a favor by hitting the like and share uh, there. If you're listening to us on YouTube, try very, so close. Guys, we're 200 subscribers away uh, from getting to that 5,000 mark. Do us a favor by hitting that like button, subscribe button, and notification bell. There is currently about 100 of you on there like right now. Just do us a favor by hitting the like button. Exit out of the comments section. Hit the like button. It helps us with that algorithm. Helps us grow the show. If you're listening to us, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. If you're listening to us on XM Radio or the TuneIn app, rate, review, and subscribe there as well. We greatly appreciate it. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons, gmvarnoandsons.com. LSU defense, is it back? We discuss about that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off 
welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM, Vardo, and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you, and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM, Vardo, and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. We're back. So I, um, Damon Briggs says that YouTube unsubscribe me for some reason. So I resubscribe. Thank you, man. Thank you. That's crazy. I don't know. Maybe I'm shadow banned to some extent. Uh, Rob Boudreaux says MDMA, man. I did not know that this show would take a, a, this kind of a turn. <laughs> I didn't know it would take this kind of a turn, man. Just didn't, didn't foresee it. Did not foresee it. All right, guys, 35 likes, nine, a hundred of y'all inside of YouTube, man, do us a favor by hitting that like, please do us. It helps us uh, grow the show, uh, and helps us so much when y'all do that. Uh, Jacob Wiggins says everyone should try DMT. The world would be a better place. <laughs> did not, did not come into tonight's show expecting all the comments about mushrooms, but I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay. So listen, I told you, I showed you some of this, uh, when Carter was on Monday, I kind of showed you a picture of us doing the film breakdowns and some things that I saw in the line of scrimmage. And over the last, I would say, four or five days, my goal had been going back from the Florida game all the way into Purdue and watching this LSU defense. Watching the AM game really closely. Watching all the, the All-22 copy against uh, AM. Watching the All-22 copy against Georgia. Watching the All-22 copy against Florida and Alabama. And really wanting to get more of an idea of how good this defense potentially could be. Now, do you lose guys along this defense that have been here for a while or have a lot of college football experience? Yes. And yes. You lose Micah Baskerville, the, the linebacker that forced the most incompletions in the SEC in all of college football. With that, though, you, you gain a guy in Omar Spates. A guy that's been a tackling machine, was out in Corvallis, and in my personal opinion, check so far, upgrade. Absolute upgrade. You look at DB. You, you say to yourself, yeah, Jared Bernard Converse is pretty good. And I think Jared Bernard Converse is going to get drafted. I also think Jay Ward's going to get drafted. I also believe that there's a very strong potential that Makai Garner gets drafted in the later rounds. Here's my thought, though. I don't know if the young men from last season, meaning Jared Bernard Converse, uh, Makai Garner, Colby Richardson, and all of those young men, and this is no disrespect to them, I just don't think that they're better than the DBs and the corners that we have on this team right now. 
I don't think people understand how good Deuce Chestnut can be. I don't think people understand that J.K. Johnson from Ohio State, who played for Robert Steeples in Missouri, may be the fastest player on this team, and nobody's talking about him. We know the talent and the the persona uh, that that Denver Harris brings. What the potential of him could be. He was the he was the most efficient defensive back in the SEC, not just as a freshman, but as in the SEC. Denver Harris was the most efficient corner through the first six games of the season. Now Texas A&M lost to 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 to. Uh, Appalachian State, they came out the gate really sluggish. They didn't look good, but Denver Harris played really well. Then you have Zy Alexander, a guy that I've seen a lot. Guys, go watch any Zy Alexander footage to see him going up against teams like TCU and Quentin Johnston and others and watch him absolutely moss Quentin Johnston in, in the back of the end zone, one hand grab that thing and come down with it. Oh, and then by the way, he just returned it 42 yards and got Southeastern in a better field position. Then I come to the defensive line. Guys, I'm just going to be honest. From a depth perspective, you couldn't get much worse. From a depth perspective, LSU couldn't get much worse on the defensive line. Now, some of that, some of that now, okay, you kind of couldn't help. I mean, Mason Smith going down in the opening series is a situation where you can't help that. Here's my thing with this. And why I, I in my notes right now, have stars around all these guys. I think that you have better defensive linemen on this team right now that are better than Eileen Gay. I think that you have better defensive linemen right now on your team, especially in the interior. Guys like Jordan Jefferson, who you bring in, Parrishand and others, that are better than Jaqueline Roy. And again, this is not to ridicule or put down on those young men, but it's to build up what I've seen, what I saw on footage. Like last season against Alabama – there were multiple plays where LSU could have stopped Alabama on third down, but Jaqueline Roy or Ali Gay were either number one out of position, number two taking the playoff, or number three just absolutely physically dominated. And I think that all of you, even though maybe you don't verbally say this out loud, maybe you say it at the water cooler at work with your buddy who's also an LSU fan, and you talk about LSU and you talk about these things, but the one thing that I know that you know, that I know that you know, in the back of your mind, is that, man, the defensive line outside of maybe Harold Perkins and Makai Wingo and B.J. Ojolari weren't that great, wasn't that great last year. Now, what it seems like is Jamar Kane put all he had in, in coaching those young men and put duct tape around it, and it looked really good. It looked really, really good, right? Because of what Jamar Kane was able to do. And tip of the cap to coach. But now you've got a guy like Jackson Howard that's getting entered. That he absolutely not only looks the part, but you can tell it's going to play the part. 
You got Deshaun Womack, who not only looks the part, but is going to play the part. What happens with Quincy Wiggins? You bring in a transfer guy and Jordan Jefferson. You bring in a transfer guy and Jalen Lee. You bring in a transfer guy a year ago and Makai Wingo. And then you have the number one overall recruit in the country who's coming back, and hopefully he can back, get back to where he was in, in preseason and in camp and Mason Smith. What's interesting, and I've told you this, and this is the biggest stat that I've had about this defense. When you're 71st on third down, 41st overall in the nation, and if you get a rid of a third of those third down conversions that you gave up, just a third, like instead of Florida State going, you know, having double digits on third downs, what if they only get eight or seven? Because you win that football game. What if instead of Texas A&M going 8 of 15, you, they don't, and let's just say for argument's sake, they go 6 of 18 or 5 of 18. Guys, you win that football game. Tennessee would be the only game because of turnovers and Jack Bash having a ball hit off the top of his head that maybe you wouldn't have lost, that you just wouldn't have won. Now, Georgia, they were a better team than you. They just overall are a better team than you last season. There's nothing wrong with that. They're the national champion. They're the national champion. But I look at this team and I look at these guys. Oh, and by the way, along the defensive line, you know what I haven't talked about? You know who I haven't talked about? Harold Perkins. What is he going to do on the edge? You know, I, I look at this and I know a lot of people, myself included, Myself included, so much so. Look at this team and think that this team could be a, a playoff team this upcoming season in 2023, that they have so much return. And I agree with you. And I think that they will. And I think that they have a lot of talented freshmen. I think they have a lot of upgrades at all the positions defensively. You know what the biggest thing for me, too, is? Look at all the young men that are on this team, the young talent. Perkins will be back and play against USC in 2024 when you go to USC or when you take on USC in Vegas. Deshaun Womack will be there. Jackson Howard will be there. Quincy Wiggins will be there. Hopefully Jalen Lee. Maybe a maybe you convince a Makai Wingo. What if Mason Smith starts off a little rusty and wants to come back for one more year? What if now I don't think that that happens. But let's just play the what-if game for just a quick second. Now, I don't think Mason Smith's coming back. I'm not trying to hint that he is. And then you're doing some good things in the defensive back room. You're doing a lot of good things in reference to what you saw defensively. So the question that I asked coming out of the break, the number one question I have is, is this LSU defense back? Now, what do I mean by back? Do I think that you potentially can get back to 2011 no I don't know if you have the core in that back end I just don't know if you have that core in that back end with Mo Claiborne Brandon Taylor Tyron uh, Tyron Matthew Therald Simon I don't think you have that but here's what I do believe I think you're getting back to what LSU has done the best and done the most in the front seven when it comes to linebackers and defensive line play I legitimately believe that you're getting back to where your form was. Guys, in 2019 up front, you were okay. You were okay. You had two 
NFL starting linebackers. You had a guy in Rashard Lawrence who's a rotational piece. Tyler Shelvin hasn't even played, and who even knows what Glenn Logan's doing this, these days? Because, Ben, your mommy's calling you. Go play with her. <laughs> okay, I'll let you come in in just a minute. <laughs> I don't know if y'all hear that, but that bothers the mess out of me. He's banging on that door. Did y'all hear Ben banging on the door? That man was just going to town. Either way, either way, now when LSU fully announces that LSU is playing USC Sunday night in Las Vegas, and I look at all of these key pieces, Deuce Chestnut might come back. Denver Harris will come back. I really think Zy Alexander may come back. What are we really bu building here? What are we truly building here at LSU? It takes you to probably take the curtain back. Yeah, right? Like you have to pull the curtain back for just a minute and say, man, when you go up against USC in Vegas, you may have potentially Denver Harris uh, third-year Denver Harris, third-year Harold Perkins, second-year Deshaun Womack, who knows what else you're going to be able to do in the portal. I'm not saying the LSU defense is going to be 20, 2011. I don't think that that – I don't think that you can do that. That's like to, – to me, that's like comparing an offense to 2019 LSU. It's just not comparable. But when I look at what LSU is doing up front, it's insane. Let me say this because we got we're we're at the time we need to get to a break and get to Wilson Alexander. Let me just say this though, as a guy that was in New Orleans in 2011, and a guy that cried and booed hooed at a, as a 13 year old when LSU won their first national title since 1958. In 2003, and Marcus Spears picked off that ball, pick six, Tutty. This USC game, I have been waiting for for so long. It's a revenge game. It's a revenge tour. Now, will any of these coaches, will any of these players know about that? No. But the hype and buildup around that game from the LSU faithful, from the LSU people that have been following LSU for such a long time, it's on now, baby. Revenge tour. How can you claim a national title when you haven't even played for it? Oh, and by the way, you had to relinquish it because Reggie Bush was getting paid. Give Reggie Bush back his Heisman, though. I'll be in Vegas. You, know, you guys know what happens. Saturday night, when those clocks hit zero, we come on here and do the XM, post XM radio postgame show. We ain't doing it when we go to Vegas. And you know what? Wilson Alexander is going to buy me my first shot. That's all I know. All right, let's do this. Let's talk about our good friend Carol Falls over at State Farm. Guys, look, I understand. Bottom line, times are getting tough. Inflation's going up. The price of eggs, it's like $99 for, for a carton of eggs. Not really. It's like, what, 12 bucks, 8 bucks. I don't know. I don't do the shopping. Why don't you try to save a little money in your insurance by calling my good buddy Carol Falls over at State Farm? We're back in 45 seconds. Wilson Alexander next. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides 
over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. All right, we're joined by the advocate. I mean, look at that hair, baby. I just can't, I, I can't get over it. You're looking good on a Wednesday night. Wilson Alexander from The Advocate joins us. What's going on, man? How are we doing tonight, Wilson? Doing well, Blake. I appreciate the compliments, as always, about my hair. Um, I know it gets I, old. It looks good. I know it gets old, but as a as a guy who's getting older, like, look at these grays in the beard. I got gray in the hair. It's just not like it used to. So enjoy. Enjoy, my man. That's all I got to say. Absolutely. I mean, hey, I, you know, I think probably most people's family has probably some baldness in it, and mine's no different. And so I, uh, I've always said this about it. I don't care what color it turns into as, as long, long as, as it there. stays. No, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Wilson, we got a lot to get into with you because, I mean, look, you broke the story today about the scheduling of 2024. Now, look, I'm going to kind of give you the floor because, look, I, I don't necessarily understand how this process works, right? Like, I know that you got USC, UCLA. Are Is LSU about to play in 2024? Are they going to play USC and UCLA? Like, what have you found out? What do you know about the scheduling so far? So that would be the case as things stand right now. Um, LSU, the day after uh, Texas and Oklahoma were cleared to join the SEC earlier than originally planned in 2024, LSU and Rice signed a new contract that pushed their game that was scheduled for 2024 to 2029. So that means that LSU now only has three non-conference opponents scheduled in 2024, which clears the runway further if the SEC goes to a nine-game conference schedule, which has not been set yet. Um, it's still up to a debate between the nine game and the eight game, and we'll know a lot more on that front later this spring. Um, but if it does go to nine games, LSU has the three non-conference opponents set, and those would be USC, UCLA, and South Alabama. Now, that can still change between now and then. Uh, schedules are probably a little bit more fluid these days than they, uh, I think, really happen in, just because of conference realignment and, um, and those sorts right. of factors. But that is what the case is now. So LSU would open the season against USC. We saw the announcement today about the official game time, which I think further shows that that game is not going to move around. Um, the first one with USC uh, in the Big Ten will be against LSU in Las Vegas uh, in Allegiant Stadium there September 1st. But then like two weeks later right now, LSU is still as of now scheduled to host UCLA in Tiger Stadium, and then we'll have South Alabama. Um, and so the LSC ends up doing an eight-game schedule, LSU could always add somebody back for that fourth non-conference game. Um, but it, it clears the runway for LSU to be able to accommodate nine. What does your gut tell you? Do, do you really think that they're going to play? I mean, because, Wilson, look, I, I mean, I don't mean this in a wrong way, but let's just say hypothetically they go to a nine – the SEC goes to a nine-game conference uh, schedule. The, <laughs> that's ten power five opponents. And let's not – look. We can say whatever we want to about the Pac-12, but UCLA and USC aren't chumps. You just lost to one of them a couple seasons ago when Ed Orgeron was a coach. I know we all we all know what happened there. Do you what do you, what's your gut tell you about? Are they really going to do that and play ten conference games? Like, what do you feel? 
Well, it would all. It would actually be a. It'd be eleven power five opponents. Oh, it would be eleven. One. It would be eleven power five opponents and one not uh, power five opponent in South That's Alabama. That's insane. It would be. Quite easily, the toughest schedule in the country. Not knowing everything else that's around, you know, who else that people have on the docket, but yeah, to play USC and UCLA in the same month in the nine SEC games would be tough. Now, what my gut tells me, my gut tells me that at this point, I really just don't know um, because they've had this on the schedule like this now for uh, since September 2021 when uh, they scheduled the USC game, um, and, it, and the UCLA game in that time has not moved. Um, and they've had time to potentially do that. You know, maybe those conversations have happened. I don't know. But um, at this point, you know, it's still on there. And there has been some time to move it. Um, and the one that they moved wasn't UCLA yet. It was Rice. Um, and so that could still all change. There's a long way to go in this. Um, but as of now, that's where we stand. That's insane, though, Wilson. Like, if you really just, like, sit there and think about 11 Power 5 opponents and – if let's just say for argument's sake, USC and UCLA are ranked, which they may just be, there's a scenario not only of the 11 Power Five opponents, you, you could be in a situation where you're facing eight ranked opponents. Okay, hey, welcome to being a star, at Garrett Nussmeyer. How about that? <laughs> that that's yeah, a- it would. And this is also, of course, you have to consider that that, that this is in 2024, the first year of a 12-team college football playoff. Um, so. Uh-huh. You could make, I think, arguments for and against whether or not that actually helps LSU in reaching that expanded field if you've played such a difficult schedule. Maybe if you have two or three losses, but you've been able to point to playing USC and UCLA and a nine-game SEC schedule, then maybe you have a really strong argument for getting in as an at-large team at number 12 or 11 if you were to have a couple losses. Or, you know, if you end up going like 11-1 and one in that stretch, then you're definitely a top-four seed, especially because you'd be playing for an SEC title and um, you have a, a probably have a if you don't if you're not one of the four you know who obviously get an automatic buy in the first round as an as conference champion then you're an at large hosting in that so it it's really tough but there are some advantages possibly to it because of the expanded college football playoff that year. It's a really good point, really good point because you know if you think about it, LSU had two losses going into A and M. Now what if their two losses would have been in a scenario where you play nine ranked opponents, right? Like, that would have been insane. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. That's why they pay you the big bucks. Wilson Alexander from The Advocate joins us. Wilson, we are obviously out of practice last week. Um, I Again, I'll, I'll, I'll just give you the floor here. I was kind of blown away by how big Omar Spates, a linebacker from Oregon State, was. He moved fluently. I mean, obviously, he had just been here before, in a, in a sense. Like, this isn't my first spring practice. What are some of the things that, that kind of took you back and like, man, I, I mean, obviously the sharpness of the practice from the first time Brian Kelly stepped out at LSU, but is there any player or scenario that you thought, and I know it was a short amount of time, that stood out to you last week? Well, I guess, as you said, I think a precursor to anything that we say about it was that it was a very short period of time, right. non-contact, no pads. We were there for 20 minutes on the first day. So it's hard to glean too much. Uh, to back up your point, Omar – Certainly looks the part which you would expect because he's been in college now for four years at Oregon State and been a starter. You would expect that to be the case. Um, I also thought that uh, J.K. Johnson looked physically impressive. 
especially looking back at some pictures that our uh, photographers had taken <laughs> later, he, he's jacked uh, at cornerback over there. And, you know, having been at Ohio State for a little bit, he, he certainly looks the part of Javion Tobiano. Looks like he's got some great size, which you knew coming in, but then you actually just see it out there. It'll be really interesting to see kind of how he does at corner um, and he kind of just his future at LSU as that unfolds. Um, so one of the things that stood out to me, a name that I feel like people haven't really talked about a lot, and again, this is just 20 minutes of individual drills, but is Ovi Agofu. Um, right. Because, you know, he was the first person up in Jack linebacker drills. Uh, he Brian Kelly mentioned him uh, during the press conference um, Thursday. He also mentioned him to me uh, in a conversation we had, uh, the interview I had with Coach Kelly last week before spring practice opened, um, talking about some of those newcomers. He's mentioned Ovi's name a couple times now. And you heard um, people that were pretty high on how he did uh, during winter workouts, you know, because he's an experienced player. You know, he might not, you know, really be quite the edge rusher that B.J. Ojolari is, but he's been around college for a while. He's been pretty productive. And I would, I feel like Brian Kelly seems pretty high on him. And um, he seems just maybe like kind of like the early leader to replace B.J. Ojolari at edge rusher, although there's quite quite a long way to go between now and the season, I think. Um, to stay on that same point of guys that were taking like those first reps, surprised that Javian Taviano was running with the first team corners? Not too much. Ryan Kelly hinted that that actually, again, not when we talked on last Tuesday, and he's like, there's some freshmen who you're going to be really impressed by. When you go out there and watch, you're going to say those guys can probably play early. And I think he was hinting at Tobiano. Like you said, we saw him sort of get a little bit of run with the first team. Those corners are going to rotate, though, a ton uh, right. throughout the spring. And else you can't even get a full picture of that cornerback room until Deuce Chestnut is healthy again and a full participant, which won't be he's out for the spring. That won't really be until preseason camp. So, but no, it didn't shock me. I mean, he's a top 100, uh, top 50, I think, actually, uh, recruit in this last class. Um, you know, a really big gift for LSU there at cornerback, and he's going to have a chance to get on the field early. Um, Wilson Alexander from The Advocate joined us. Now, Wilson, you had the exclusive with Brian Kelly. What did you – look, I don't know if you get giddy like I do, but I have – like, if I ever go into an interview, I have one question I want answered. And everything else is just lanyard, right? I don't know if you're like me. You're probably not. But is there one thing in your exclusive with Brian Kelly you walked away with, like, yep, they're going to be good? Like, was, did you have any of that? Or, like, yep, like, I, that's something I didn't know, but it's speculated. What, what was something that you took away the most from your exclusive with Brian Kelly? Which, by the way, go read and go listen. Thanks for the the, uh, the plug there. But the, Anytime. the thing that I learned – the most about was this change at special teams and how they're going to redo that. And I know special teams isn't the first thing that people think about. Um, it's usually you want to be able to just overlook it, you know, but it was because it was such a glaring issue last year. And really the only change that LSU made this whole off season was with the, the biggest news was with the change of the special teams, uh, you know, leadership with Brian Pullian moving off the field and John Jansen becoming the special teams coordinator and outside linebackers coach that that was the thing I want to learn about the most. And, and we got to talk about that a good bit. What I learned was was this, that, you know, what Brian Kelly is calling it a, quote, decentralized operation for how LSU is going to run special teams. What does um, that even Jancic, mean to really interrupt? Well, what does that even mean? <laughs> well, Jancic is the special teams coordinator and title, and he definitely has a role in special teams. But it's not just him overseeing every little facet of the operation and, like, leading, uh, you know, during special teams periods in practice. It's not just him directing the entire thing. Um Brad Davis and Mike Dimbrock are heavily involved on PAT and field goals. Brad, I mean, being the offensive line coach with the blocking of PAT and field goal. Uh, Matt House is uh, involved in kickoff and 
uh, Kerry Cooks and Robert Steeples on punt. And so it's a lot, it's a really a collaborative approach this time, instead of having just one voice at the top in Brian Polian, who's in charge of it all, um, there's a lot of sort of different hands going on. Um, and really in behind the scenes, I think it's important to note is that Lester Erb, who's the special teams analyst, uh, is a big, big piece of this as well. He's kind of the one who uh, draws up the schemes on special teams. And Brian Kelly, when we when he looked back and watched the film, he really liked schematically what LSU did on special teams, and he wanted to keep that intact. Uh, so Lester Erb has a big piece in this, but really it's just sort of a, a lot of people helping out on special teams. Um, and it's a big change from what else you had going on a year ago as it tries to correct a lot of the issues that were on that unit. Wilson, are you surprised with Bob Diaco? I know that you had reported this and uh, uh, broke this, this news about Bob Diaco being just a defensive analyst. Are you surprised around not just LSU but college football? Like, when I think of an analyst, okay, at least from a fi like five years ago, or at least under Orgeron or, or Nick Saban to some extent. Now, Nick always had like that one massive analyst that they paid like a million dollars to, like a Charlie Strong or whatever. But LSU has a, a crap load of analysts that are just like Bob Diaco, a former head coach at UConn, defensive coordinator. Like, I get blown away by that kind of stuff. Like, this dude literally has been a head coach in a D.C. and was a D.C. in the, in the national title game. Are you like, like, does that blow your mind that LSU has just done that well from a, even just an analyst role perspective? Not anymore because this is the way college football has been going. I mean, right. Saban, I think, really popularized it. And Georgia does the same thing with Kirby Smart. I mean, gosh, before he promoted it, like Will Muschamp was an analyst. Their new <laughs> offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo, right. came back to Georgia as an analyst uh, for a year. And then when they had that opening because Todd Monken left for the Ravens, they promoted him. It's kind of what you see a lot of times now, especially for coaches who may be kind of down in their careers. Alabama brought back um, the former head coach at Tennessee, whose name is suddenly slipping my mind. Uh, I'm talking Butch about Jones. Yeah, Butch Jones. Yep. Yes, thank you. I mean, he was an analyst there, and mm -hmm. he was a you know the head coach of Tennessee for multiple years. It's what you see these days, especially at programs in the uh, like LSU and Alabama and the rest that are you know these sort of premier college football teams. And so LSU, you know, has had that for sort of been trending in that direction in terms of the size of its uh, analyst department for a while, dating back to the Orgeron era, and, uh, and had some important people like that uh, as on staff as analysts. And Kelly has continued that. I mean, John Jancic, who we were just talking about as the new special team coordinator, <laughs> he was a multiple-time defensive coordinator. Um, and he hadn't been a DC in a second. He was working at Georgia before that for a couple of years as an analyst. Um, but he came over to, with L to LSU because of his connections with Kelly. And now, you know, LSU promotes him up. But that's a guy with a ton of experience just as an analyst staff. And it's what you see nowadays. Yeah, I, I just – even even now, Wilson, it, it just – you know, like when people talk about money and all this kind of stuff, oh, this, this, and, you know, we could, could we talk about money and conference realignment? Well, I, yeah, if I'm the coach at Texas Tech and a four-time Brawls finalist is your analyst, yeah, I might want a little bit more money, okay? Like that, that just blows me away. All right, last one for you, Wilson. We'll get you out of here. Thank you so much for joining us. How big is this USC thing, this USC game being finalized? I mean, it will be the third Sunday game for LSU in a row. But for me, it feels like this is this is bigger than LSU versus Florida State. This is like creme de la creme. I mean, you got two teams that have won national, multiple national titles in 20 years. 
this is just a massive thing for LSU. And not only that, I mean, they're going to be in Vegas, baby. We're going to Caesar. And I don't know if Caesar still lives in that palace, but we're going to go and find out. <laughs> oh my gosh. LSU fans taking over Las Vegas. Oh it's just going to be a sight. It's going to be, I, I mean, Las Vegas is used to, I mean, it's Las Vegas. I don't think I have to explain that, but like just putting LSU fans in there and the way that they, that y'all, everybody travels and all that. I just, I don't know if Vegas is even ready for that level of like what it's going to be like. I, I'm sure it is because it probably does it every weekend, but no, it's a huge, huge game to answer your question. Um, it's interesting and it differs from Florida State and the fact that it's just like a, kind of a one-off instead of Florida State being the home-and-home home series. So right. you had to build toward the anticipation of just one single game with these two teams that haven't played since 1984, only twice all time, um, and they split those games. And it's um, it, 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 there's a lot of great storylines. I mean, you obviously, you know, sort of Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly being hired at the same time, right around the same time in these two different places, and everybody kind of knows that backstory um, with the LSU search and – um, and, and also, you know, USC's not going to have Caleb Williams at that point anymore, assuming he, you know, declares early, but they're still going to be talented with Lincoln Riley, whoever he has at quarterback. And so I just think it, it sort of has this name brand with USC being also all the way across the country. You don't feel as close to them. So it sort of feels a little bit more special, maybe, even though it's not like LSU plays Florida State all the time. You kind of have some different dynamics going on that really build up to a lot of anticipation. Uh, for this game, even though we've still got an entire football season uh, between now and then. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy is I, I thought the same thing. I was like, can can LSU faithful outdrink Vegas? Like, would that be a national headline breaking? LSU fans dries out Vegas. You know, like would the mafia come out and like start whacking people? You know, like how would that how would that go? You know, if they drank all that, maybe I mean they'll be fifty rich. Who knows? But that would be really interesting. I lied. Last one, Wilson. You know, I had a buddy bring this up to me. We, we work together, obviously. We do the stuff at, at XM, and he said he told me he's like Blake. The SEC and the Big Ten absolutely want this game, no matter what. And he was talking about, could you imagine both teams in a conference realignment? I mean, LSU's not in a realignment, but obviously with SEC be having realigned. And then USC going to the Big Ten. This is exactly what ESPN wants, right? Like, I mean, there's no better way to kick off a realignment than LSU and and USC. And it's interesting that it's those two. I guess, have you, like, when we talk about all this conference realignment, do you think that this was somewhat planned? So this ultimate question was, do you think that they kind of the ESPN kind of planned this out to get this kicked off? And I didn't even really think about that. That didn't ever really cross my mind. What do you think about that question? That's an interesting question. I mean, I hadn't considered that really at all. To, to be frank, me I, either. I me either. I, I hadn't thought about you know the, the TV networks certainly you know play a hand in, in a lot of things at times. We've seen that during conference realignment. You know, reports of Fox sort of uh, being involved with different negotiations and stuff like that, but. Um, I don't know. I would have to. I would have to ask around to try to get you a better answer. I don't know what the ESPN Network's involvement was in the in the planning of this game at all. Um, but I certainly know this. I mean, it's it is a great uh, matchup to start 2024, no the year that college football undergoes so much change uh, with multiple, you know, Big Ten and SEC expansion, college football playoff expansion, USC's first big game in the Big Ten. It's a great way to start off all that. And gives you lots to talk about on television. I love it. You're the man. Continue to, you know, you're on a heater. You can't get off the heater. You know, stay on the the breaking news heater that you've been on. That's Wilson Alexander for the Advocate. Thank you so much for joining us, buddy.
Thank you, Blake. Have a great night. All right, you too. That's Wilson Alexander. Always fantastic. Guys, go subscribe to The Advocate. Go follow Wilson on Twitter. He's at Will Alexander on Twitter. All right, let's do this. We're going to continue the show. We're not going anywhere because we got more that we need to touch on and we need to talk about. The Saints have signed three free agents. We're going to talk about that. And to close it out, we'll go around your SEC. So stay tuned. Stay locked in. Don't go anywhere. So talk about good friends over at Gramco, thegramco.com. We're back in a minute. Talk some Saints and around your SEC next. Guys, I've got to talk to you about our good friends over at Gramco. They are the Delta company based out of the state of Florida. They're founded by college football junkies just like you and I, and I am not sure if you're familiar with Delta 8, but you need to be. Gramco is the absolute leader in this field, and they have phenomenal products that I just need to tell you about. First off is the Wake and Bake Coffee that is absolutely spectacular. The gummies are as well as they're the best in the market. So go to thegramco.com right now and use the promo code AYS25. That's thegramco.com, AYS25 promo code to get 25% off of your order jump on this fast as it is perfect for holidays anniversaries and everyday use gramco is hemp derived and completely legal inside as the state of louisiana no medical card is needed and shipping is very discreet you must be 21 years older to order again that's thegramco.com use that promo code ays 25 we're back well oh. oh. <laughs> we're back had some technical difficulties all right so guys we're not going to stay too long but we're going to talk and uh close this out talking about the saints and the uh going around your sec so let's do this let's talk about around your sec first and then we'll close it out with the new orleans saints let me just give you a couple quick notes of order missouri is going to be moving their spring game indoors which by the way tennessee goes to missouri this weekend in baseball and it is going to be absolutely blistering cold out there in como uh but they'll be moving their spring game indoors guys i gotta be honest that doesn't it doesn't really bother me that they're doing that right like it does not bother me in the slightest uh, that they're moving their spring game indoors. I think it's interesting because Brian Kelly was asked this question a while back in reference to their spring game. And he had talked about doing some individual drills and maybe doing a seven on seven and going offense versus defensive line in a running game, going O-line versus D-line and pass pro. And I think it's interesting that, you know, like you sit here and – you start asking all of these college coaches in reference to, like Brian Kelly, as we just alluded to, Coach, what do you think about the spring game? Guys, I really don't want to do it televised. I, I, I mean, like, look, I want to get the practices. I want to work on fundamentals. I want to get everything that we need to get done in spring practices. And, look, the spring game, yeah, it's cute. We can scrimmage and all this and all the live long day. It really doesn't amount to a whole hell of a lot because we've already got all the work in. The last thing that I want is a guy to go out there in spring and get injured. AKA, AKA Aaron Anderson from a season ago at the University of Alabama. So I, I think it's something that as SEC fans that we need to continue to monitor as now Missouri has an excuse because of the weather, but people would have still come out there. But now more like Ala, like Nick Saban in Alabama, Kirby Smart and Brian Kelly, probably the three biggest faces of the SEC right now all are really coming out and talking about specifically not wanting to really do a spring game 
and it's all about TV. It's all about revenue. It's, you know, it's this, that, and the third. But if you remember last year's spring game, they had Tom Hart and, and Jordan, what's his name? Jordan Rogers and all this kind of stuff. And they were on Zoom. And they weren't even in Baton Rouge. Like, so if ESPN's not even going to really take it seriously, why should LSU? Now, I know LSU fans want to see it, and it's good for the fans. But it's just something that I think over a long time, um, we've seen and we've seen coaches kind of moan and complain about it even more. So we'll see. Uh, Arkansas, so some, so some SEC recruiting news. Arkansas has moved up tremendously for four-star quarterback from Fairburn, Georgia, Air, A-I-R, Air, Nolan. Left-handed quarterback, four-star, a top 100 recruit. I got to be honest. I got to be honest. I don't know if there's a better name for a quarterback, especially one that's left-handed and can run. And that can really sling the rock better than Air Noland. Like, can you imagine the Nike deal that this kid is going to get? Like, can you imagine Air Jordan sponsoring this kid through NIL wherever he signs? What a hell of a name. And he's a really good player. He's a top 100 player in the country. Top 100, top like a top 10 quarterback in the country. Looking like he's going to go to Arkansas. I thought Kendall Biles was the only person that could recruit quarterbacks to Arkansas, Blake. The last time that we've barely been relevant in any one of the big three sports, Bill Clinton was the governor. Well, you're about to get a really good quarterback, it looks like, in Aaron Nolan. Don't count out Sam Pittman just yet, guys. Now, are they going to win 10 games every single season? Are they going to be a juggernaut in the SEC? Hell no. Hell no. They're not going to be juggernauts in the SEC. But I do I do see them recruiting more on a national level, more than what Arkansas's ever been able to do, even under Brett Bielema. And uh, 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 speaking of Brett Bielema, can I tell you a quick story without y'all, without y'all judging me? Um, I have a friend that every time I say Arkansas, we talk about Razorback football. And he always talks about Brett Bielema anytime that I talk about Arkansas football. And he goes, you're talking about big titties? <laughs> he calls Brett Bielema big titties. So, for what it's worth, I mean, Arkansas just never has really done this in recruiting. I mean, yeah, they've had their strides with Peyton Hillis and, and Darren McFadden. And remember Matt Jones? Who, Matt Jones? Yeah, he's going to kick your A. Matt Jones. They've had their times. They've never recruited like this on a national level, though. Going to be interesting. Chance Babin says his air his or air is his legal is his legal middle name. There you go, there you go. Still, still, still amazing though to have a middle name air. Can you believe that his middle name's air? All right. Last thing on the SEC trail. Uh, it it looks as if that Georgia. <laughs> For, for whatever it's worth, might be under a little bit of heat from the NCAA. Um, there are a lot of rumblings right now that Georgia could potentially be facing some recruiting violations when it comes to tampering with other players on other programs. Now, what do I think is going to come of this? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing's going to come of this. 
You know why? Because this is just what Georgia does in reference to every player that they get on the defensive line. They just continue to produce absolute freaks. Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter, jo- uh, what what was the Jordan kid? Why am I, why is his last name uh, uh, slipping my mind? Paul Sub Martin, help me out in the chat. Um, God, these are the Eagles. Why do I? Why am I forgetting his last name? But you know who I'm talking about. The big tank in the middle. You know what's interesting? Jordan Davis. Thank you, Jordan Haydad. It's funny because Jordan Davis and Jordan answered it. But he's right, Jordan Davis. So it's kind of been a little bit of a rumor. I don't know if it's necessarily confirmed, but a lot of people are talking about it. And I know some people have kind of somewhat reported on it. But Kirby Smart had it. And if you wanted to listen to our whole Kirby Smart segment, go over to the Rafino and Joe show to find out the more specifics on the Jalen Carter situation and the recruiting violations. I'm just going to briefly touch over this uh, right now. But what is interesting, what is very interesting I think for me, I think for me, is is someone ultimately going to get popped for tampering? And if they are, if they are going to get popped for tampering, of all teams, Georgia? Now, you might be saying, well, Blake, why not Georgia? Name the guys that they've legitimately been getting in the portal. It's not like LSU. I mean, it's not like Alabama. It's not like Colorado this past season with Dion, Big D, pause. But you get what I'm saying. Like, they've only brought in like two or three guys from the portal. It's not like they're killing it. So what did they do to the University of Missouri and getting Dominic Lovett? If this is ultimately the thing, and if this is ultimately the situation that we find ourselves in, if we find ourselves in the situation of that they're going to be popped for tampering, well, it's crazy how it's Georgia, isn't it? And I will tell you this. Nick Saban might be the biggest crybaby of all time. Now, you could ask yourself the question, well, why would Blake just say that Nick Saban's the biggest crybaby of all time in Georgia recruiting violations? I think that you, the listener, the guy that comes in here every week that knows me well enough, you know what correlation I'm trying to put together in that. Is Nick Saban the one that ratted out his buddy Kirby? And Kirby, if you ever get to see this, I know that you know. I know that you know that I know that you know that I know. Your buddy ratted on you. Hopefully, look, tampering, non-tampering, it is what it is. Michael B. says Georgia straight up tampered with Eric Gilbert. Ah, yeah, they did. (laughs) But what's so crazy, though, with the whole Eric Gilbert situation, if you remember Eric Gilbert, Remember, the kid committed to the University of Florida after talking to Kyle Pitts on FaceTime and did it and pinned the tweet of him being at the Family Dollar Tree. Family Dollar! He recruited at a Family Dollar. (laughs) Now the kid's at Nebraska. So the kid has been committed to, in the last three and a half years, LSU, Florida, Georgia, and now Nebraska. And somehow, and somehow, 
Eric Gilbert is academically eligible. See, here's what I don't understand. Talking, people were talking about Eric Gilbert and, and, and Georgia tampering. Here's what I don't understand. How is Eric Gilbert academically eligible after being at LSU, committing to Florida, going to Georgia, now going to Nebraska? How is he academically eligible, but John Emery isn't? So wait, you mean to tell me that you will give Eric Gilbert a hardship because I know what Eric Gilbert went through. I know that the NCAA knows what Eric Gilbert went through. I know that the SEC does, but you gave him a medical hardship in reference to what he was going through while in his time at LSU. But then John Emery's stepdad had COVID and was doing really bad or grandparents, excuse me, whoever it was. I'm sorry, John. I, I, I don't mean to overstep, but somebody, John's family gets COVID and is doing really bad and you get mad at him and you punish him. Now, he's not academically eligible. However, and let me say this very, very bluntly, this does not stop though. This does not stop though that John Emery should have gotten his act together. Okay. Don't get that part twisted. All right, let's close it out here. But every time that we talk about the Saints, you know that we got to give our good friends over at Wham Electric. Wham Electric, your licensed electrical contractors. Give them a call today at 985-241-8059. That's 985-241-8059. Let them know that Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. The Saints have finally made some moves. Now, if you've missed over the last hour because you were joining and you were listening to LSU, Saints and former Lions running back Jamal Williams have agreed to a three-year deal per sources, says Adam Scheffner. Now, now, one thing is for sure. They needed defensive tackles and they needed running backs. You got one of Jamal Williams. Guys, I will say this. I am a Jamal Williams fan. I am just such a Jamal Williams fan. I think he's a funny dude. I think he just he's just so fun to watch. He's a great running back. Last season, he broke the uh, Barry Sanders' season's uh, single-season rushing touchdown record. He's a good dude. He's a fun dude. Glad he's on the team. Looks like Alvin Kamara's getting suspended, though. So he might have to be one of, your, one of, if not your feature back. I still think they need to go in the draft or going back in free agency and get another death piece because I still don't believe Alvin Kamara's going to be here for the first six to eight games. But that was not necessarily the biggest concern that the Saints had. It was defensive tackle. They went out today and got the Chiefs defensive, former Chiefs defensive tackle and two-time Super Bowl winner, Colin Saunders, who went, who had his best season this past year, had 48 tackles, three and a half sacks, and eight quarterback hits. And they also went and got Jets uh, defensive tackle, tackle Nathan Shepard, who, had a, who has a career 104 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, and six sacks. You're starting to build along the defensive line. You're starting to get you some defensive tackles. I, I don't think that Nathan Shepard and, 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 and Colin Saunders is massive upgrades, but I think Saunders is an athletic freak. Six foot, 325 pounds. You see him doing like cartwheels and backflips and, and, and catching touchdowns in college. 
Really good athlete. I think he, he's a massive addition, especially to stop the run. Why Kansas City didn't pay him, I under I understand it because you got a lot of superstars along that team. But it's a big addition. I think Nathan Shepard's a good backup piece. A good backup piece. Do I think if the Bressy kid from Clemson is there at 29, do the Saints take him? Yes, I do believe that because they 1,000% need defensive tackles, and that would be a good pickup. So of the technical day one, of free agency, what you've had is Jamal Williams, uh, Colin Saunders, and there's so many so many NFL free agency moves here. Obviously, the biggest being Aaron Rodgers. Now, look, I, I, the only thing that I'm going to, and I'm not going to stay long on this Aaron Rodgers thing, the one thing that I love so much about this Aaron Rodgers going on the Pat McAfee show and saying that his intention is to go and play for the New York Jets is he called out every journalist on God's green planet. Because, you know, when you read something from these journalists, Adam Scheffner, Diana Rossini, and all these people, he literally exposed all of them today. Talking about Adam Scheffner in the tweet, like, hey, man, lose my number. Nice try, though. And saying Diana Rossini that, like, look, your report is completely bogus. It's funny, though, because when I sit here and, like, if I say sources, God forbid if I'm wrong, because you will jump down my ever-living throat. But what happens when Adam Schefter and Diana Rossini and Ian Roger or Ian Rappaport are wrong about the stuff that they're reporting on? It's like, you know, McDonald's, it's like going to either a McDonald's or a mom and pop shop, like food shop. McDonald's will screw up your order a thousand times and you'll continue to go back to McDonald's. But the one time that mom and pop shop, that new restaurant that opens, get your order wrong once, you want to freak out on them. And you want to go on Facebook and say, this place stinks. Aaron Rodgers instantly makes the Jets a Super Bowl contender. Packers going to move on with Jordan Love. Good for him. But I love every bit about it. All right. We'll see you all tomorrow. We'll be guessing up Matt Trent from WBRZ. We'll do our LSU breakdown, and then we'll guest up with somebody else. We'll go double guesting tomorrow. Until then, y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.